Okay, hi everyone. Welcome, 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 welcome. My name is Sheldon Lewis. I am what I would like to call a country boy. So uh, I was born in Jamaica, um, came to England when I was 17, and um, basically been living here since then, really. I've um, got a lovely wife, Sheila. I've got a son as well. And um, the aim of this podcast really is just to share. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an open podcast. It's not going to be um, so much of, of, of a, an edited podcast. It's just going to be an open podcast in the sense that we're going to be real. We're going to be getting to know each other more. And in this case, I guess you guys are going to be getting to know me more. Um, I've got friends that have been in my life probably over 20 years and they don't really know me and I'm not one to sit down and talk about myself uh, too much unless I really know you I'll sit and talk but this whole podcast here is not just for me but it's also for those who come after me so again you know um, anyone wants to know um, more about myself, my family, my friends. Yeah, this will be the one for you. Um, so this is just me um, giving you a bit of a, an intro about myself. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just hope, you know, what we talk about and what I share will resonate with yourself and that you'll, you know, you like the podcast. And um, please do, you know, give me a feedback. Let me know if you like it or not. And where I can improve because you know you only lose when you give up so yeah I'm always up for you know getting tips on how to um, learn better uh, so again you know as I said the podcast is basically around to you know me gonna be talking about myself um, I'm gonna have some guests on like friends families um, so at one point I think I'm gonna be having my wife on as well and then we're gonna be talking about us and um, yeah I don't feel Oh, but I still can't believe I've been with my wife for over 21 years now. That is, um, wow. That is an achievement. That's probably the biggest achievement for sure. Biggest achievement, because I think without that, I wouldn't have been able to be a dad, really. So, yeah, that's a really big achievement. Um, But yeah, one of the things we're going to be doing as well is navigating through parenthood. Um... Our son's been, like, one of the things is that our son's been showing signs of ADHD and ASD. Um, And we just wanted to, again, we're going to be navigating through that at some point. We're going to be talking about that, talking about parenthood, being a black parent as well. um, How different it is now compared to what it was like before. So, again, that's another thing that we're going to be covering and the challenges today um, like Afro-Caribbean parents have compared to, you know, say 20 years ago when I was a child. Um, so, yeah, um, we're, we're, on the, we're on, the, on the course of trying to understand him and navigate how to deal with his emotions and understand how he thinks and stuff because, you know, the mindset's different. I let one can go from 0 to 100 in seconds. So, yeah, one of the things we're going to do is just, you know, we'll navigate through that as well for the podcast. We'll be talking about that. Um, and, you know, bottom 
the bottom line is um, I just want to be able to um, articulate again the, one of the main reasons behind this podcast is people from our culture don't really talk much um, about feelings about how they're navigating through life um, sadly sometimes when you see you know black or brown people on, on the news it's mental health it's um, currently at the moment you know, knife crimes and stuff and serious organised crimes and you know I don't really see um, a podcast out there that can actually help um, someone in my position you know um, one of the other thing is um, I mentioned my wife my wife is a psychodynamic counsellor um, what is that you say <laughs> um, so basically you got your short term and your long term counsellor she does long term counselling so from childhood all the way up to adulthood and you navigate through that with her on a weekly basis and she basically you know I, I call it like she takes you apart and then put you back together so that's how I call it anyway but um, yeah so when, and, and again I'm a carer for my wife I'm also a carer for my son and my wife has multiple sclerosis or MS as it's known as and um, that's a lot of pressure on, on a brother you know and um, so yeah we're going to be talking about that as well we're going to be I'm going to be opening up um, I'm going to be opening up because I've tried to speak to friends you know I'm God bless them they're like I'm here for you I'll pray for you and stuff and I'm, I'm really grateful for that but I've come to realize that one of the things I want to do is talk or gas I just want to let it out so the name of the podcast what about Sheldon <laughs> but yeah I really, really hope this podcast helps anyone navigating through life. And um, so, yeah, as I was saying, you know, I really hope this podcast helps anyone navigating through parenting in a different world to what we grew up as. I'm now in my 40s and it's a completely different world, completely different world. Um, and hopefully, you know, the things I share, the things my wife shares, because she's going to be on it a lot on it with me quite a bit. And my hope is that what we share will be helpful to someone. And um, yeah, if you've gone through a similar experience, we'd definitely love to hear from yourselves. And um, yeah, how you get on. And let's share and let's help each other and navigate through this wonderful life. Or yeah, this wonderful journey called life. All right. Bless you. Hi, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Uh, welcome to another episode of What About Sheldon? With me, Sheldon. Uh, so, yeah, what are we going to cover today? We're going to be talking about black men's mental health. Now, I know there's a lot of communities out there that deals with uh, mental health. Um, issues for one reason or another but I, today I just want to focus on black men's mental health um, yeah I, I just want to be you know just talk about um, experiences and talk about how we can you know having 
how how to create that environment to have that uncomfortable conversation and how we can move forward really um you know black men's mental health is something that's been on the increase and i definitely just want to cover it more and give it some airtime because you know the the, the the this show is called what about sheldon so these things and topics that i'm talking about are things that are close to my heart um and though i may not call names of people um out of pure respect um it's personal to me it's personal to me so i just wanted to put that disclaimer out there that this is not just me talking about a topic for the sake of talking about a topic um there are so this particular episode you know there are just so many um and i don't think we're going to cover everything because there's just so many things we can cover when it comes to black men's mental health and you know it's it's quite it's quite interesting i've done some research i went on mind and i highly recommend mind by the way i went on their website done some research and i was like wow taken aback you know it's one of the things that really stood out for me was um black boys who are under the age of 11 um they do not have poorer mental health than other boys at the same age so that's telling me that at the age of 11 studies have shown that black boys age and 11 age 11 and above start to develop some form of mental health issues from 11 now if you're a black parent or if you're a parent of a black boy because you have to consider foster parents as well in this this is worrying this is quite concerning to hear so we're going to talk about some of these things we're going to also cover one of the things that I I don't really hear much about and I really want to talk about this one which is um like three main reasons three now I'm okay let me rephrase that I'm not going to say they are the main reasons but in my studies these are the three things that kept popping up that is a high contributing factor to black men's mental health and they are stigma cultural barriers and systemic discrimination stigma cultural barriers and systemic discrimination You see black men's mental health is a complex one. It's a very complex one. And studies have shown that it's impact part of that is impacted by in, the internalization of systemic racism and injustices. These two alone are enough to trigger some form of mental health in a black man. And now imagine to top that off dealing with dealing with those two 
And then to top it off of not being able to talk about it or share your truth. And whilst doing that, whilst feeling that way, you're being a dad, a brother, a son, a husband, whatever it may be. And not being able, and another thing, not being able to go to the shop, to the supermarket, because this is something I've experienced even till today. Go to the supermarket to do your weekly shopping and then you're being monitored by the security guard. That's some, that, that is some not easy thing to be dealing with. You know, you, you, you go out your way, you work hard, you follow the, you obey the law of the land and you work hard and you're fortunate enough to be able to buy a nice car. And then when you buy that nice car, you get pulled over by police and they're like, how did you get this car? You know, because let's be real, it happens. Not all of these things get aired on TV, but it happens. It's not about driving a Mercedes anymore. It's not about driving, you know, if you've got a Tesla, how did you get that? What do you do? And then you get that funny look. No, what do you really do? You get that look. It's a, oh man, it's a sad one. It's a really sad topic. But not being, as a black man, especially when you're talking to non-black colleagues, not being able to tell your truth is a huge contributing factor. Not being able to talk about your experience, what it's like for you being black, now imagine you work in a in a department and you're the only black man in there. Who are you gonna to relate to? And when it comes to diversity issues, everybody looks at the black guy or the black woman. Those sort of things can trigger mental health issues in a black man. You go to the theme park, take your children to the theme park. And I didn't realize it would have happened there. But you're treated differently because of how you speak. If English is not your first language and that you're speaking to a white person and they're talking down to you because English is not your first language. And the way they're talking to you is so patronizing. It's like, you have no idea you're talking to someone who's a medical doctor, who's a qualified surgeon, but you who work at the theme bar is talking down to them in a manner that they're beneath, as if they're beneath your feet. And this is not me making stuff up. This is stuff I've seen. And then imagine that person that black person experiencing that. And then they just have to brush it off as if it's nothing. And you carry that. And every time you go out, you have to carry it. Every time you go out, you got to carry it. You carry it. You carry it. And you don't talk about it. You just store it inside. 
you don't share it with anyone. These sort of experiences contribute to mental health. How you treat someone contributes to that person's mental health. Already as a black man, you may feel as if you can't speak up as your white counterpart. That in itself contributes to mental health. You're a junior or senior executive of where you work, but someone comes in and they think you are the cleaner. Now don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with a cleaner, but how many cleaners do you see wear suits to come to work? It's those sort of things where it builds up. Imagine you just stack dominoes on each other. Stack it on each other. And eventually you can't stack anymore. Eventually all falls down. And imagine the domino effects now going around where you lost it. And because you lost it, all the other occasions where you've had some form of systemic discrimination or some form of stigma pointed towards you or you know all of those things that are built up inside of you comes out like you are Hulk and you do not have time to talk because all Hulk says is smash and that's what you want to do smash this place down my friends it's so important to understand and to listen to a black man's experience living in modern day Britain this uncomfortable conversation needs to be had because until this conversation is had it's going to just continue and then your black men are going to be labelled angry black man but if that anger doesn't come out verbally it's just going to be stored up inside and it's going to be bubbling up inside and then one day that volcano will erupt and when that volcano erupts someone will get hurt or that man will be sectioned more black men more black men are being sectioned more black men are being diagnosed with severe mental health problems and they're being sectioned under the mental health act and it's and it's increasing it's not stable it's not going down it is increasing and that's very worrying because that, i'm worried for me and i'm worried for my children As I said, black men's mental health is a complex one. A complex one which is impacted by the internalization of systemic racism and injustice. And we cannot put this under an umbrella to say, this is racism, that's mental health, 
the two has to come together because we have to see that they are both linked. We have to see the link between them. It doesn't take a rocket science. It doesn't take a mental health nurse or doctor to see this, that the both are linked. And then you put on top of that the stigma and the cultural barriers. Come on. It's linked. I'm not guessing. I'm telling. I'm saying because I know this. I've experienced this. Not being able to tell you the truth. Again, as I said earlier. Yes, it can come across aggressive. But i tell you something. If you give that black man the opportunity to speak and to get his truth out by the end of that conversation it's like you're talking to a lighter version of them because there's so much building up inside and all a black man wants to do is get that out of them that's all they want to do that's all they want to do they just want to talk One of the things I mentioned about myself before is that I didn't like to talk. I internalized things. I didn't really talk to people because growing up, you just taught, don't talk unless you're spoken to. And yeah, I guess I wasn't spoken to a lot, but <laughs> I didn't talk. Um, I didn't ask a question. Why am I being treated from my family members who were light skin, where their skin color? I'm a dark skinned um, person. But people in Jamaica, um, when you were uh, brown, a lighter shade of, of brown, you're, you, you would advance more in society than those with a darker skin. And that's a fact. But I never asked that question. I wasn't comfortable talking about that. So I internalized that. I kept that to myself. Now I talk about it easier. Now I can share this with you. I can't look at this and say, oh, it's a black man problem. It's a white man problem. It's a white woman problem. It's a, it's a black woman problem. No. We all play a part in this. We all do. And until we sit down and talk, and listen to a black man's experience and not dismiss it as, oh, he's just been angry back. See, that's the issue. We dismiss these things. We don't sit and listen to the why. And I just think it's so important that we sit and listen to the why. When you're being told that a black man is more likely to be diagnosed with severe mental health problems than any other, and more likely to be sectioned than any other, Come on, it can't just be a black problem, which is it? Because when you say it's a black problem, it's going to be them and us. It's got to be a systemic problem. Now, I haven't done any study of this, but I'm sure if you go and you speak to a black man and ask them the question, I said, I haven't done any, any studies on this, but ask them the question, how many of them were given the opportunity a genuine opportunity to speak their truth. I, mean, I guarantee at least 60 to 80%, I know it's white, 60 to 80% will put their hands up and say, 
them. But it's about giving that opportunity, giving, you know, being presented with that platform. That is so important. And one of the things that's going to come about it, you give that Batman the opportunity to share and openly share their racial experiences, systemic racial, systemic experiences. You give them that opportunity to speak that. And you're going to see the link with mental health and racism. Because it's so important to talk about this. It's so important to talk about this. Listen, here's an uncomfortable conversation. Women can't vote. Women shouldn't vote. But look what the suffragists did. I am sure that was an uncomfortable conversation to have. Look what they did. Here's another one. Black people are less than. That's another one. I am sure to come to the point where people started developing common sense to say, no, they're not. That was a very uncomfortable conversation to have. You know, I know, like, you know, to understand what it's like being black in Britain, in modern Britain, there are projects out there that help encourage black men to talk about their experiences. And there are projects out there to help anyone who wants to know more about it. You know, again, it's so, it's so important to to go out there and just to understand young black men more because we have a lost generation of young black men coming up and when I say lost it's like women know about the suffragettes because of history they know their history women remember there was a time when you stay home you cook you do as the man say because you were less than because of history that was then now it's equal why can't we do the same for black men why can't we do the same some people might say yeah but look at this particular person america's had a black president i mean no don't want that i'm not talking about that 44 presidents and only one black guy that's not what I'm, I'm talking about. Yes, it's progress. But we should come to a point where we don't have to be, oh, yeah, you had one president. No. It's not so much about quantity, but quality. And if someone deserves a position, they should get that position. Not because of the color of their skin or because of systemic racism or discrimination come on i want to see this see us get to a point where we do not have to be oh yeah there was that black guy that did that there was that black guy no 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 no. that's not where we should be going we should be go it should be i can't believe i'm going to say this it should get to a point where we're not looking at skin colors that's where it should be Can you imagine one person being black in a team of 44 white people? 
and you speak to other black people, black men specifically, why don't you want to join? Nah, the culture. So there's a culture that's created that black men are not comfortable being a part of. And as a black man, if you're not part of that culture, you're then excluded. But no one comes to you and asks you about how you're feeling. No one comes to you and talk about, ask you, what's your experience like? No one creates that, that atmosphere for you to come and talk and to speak your truth. You know. And if that's not, if that's not created, then as a black man, you're going to cocoon yourself at home. And you're going to get depressed. And you're going to get stressed. And then you're going to get lonely. And then that's going to trigger, at some point, mental health issues. Because you're feeling alone. I've had the pleasure of having some good friends around. Some good friends with different ethnicity. All these friends I can have these uncomfortable conversations with. And I'll tell you something. It was uncomfortable. But we are closer than ever. Because they've given me the opportunity to speak. And I've given them the opportunity to speak. And we've come to a point where we can just speak. And that I that is my hope for us. That we will get to that point where we can just speak. Where we can just openly both sides speak our truth as I said this is quite dear to me um, I've had friends that and family members that mental health has hit some section never the same again never the same again and one of the things that when I asked and talk to them, it came down to being afraid to talk about their experiences. It came about being afraid to share what they were going through systemically. And it came back to racism again. At first it was, you know, um, they're just being lazy. And it wasn't being lazy because they didn't give an they weren't given an opportunity to speak up, and they were suffering in silence. And then they became depressed, and depression hit them. And we live in a society where we can walk past seeing someone being robbed and not get involved, and that is quite sad because it. it it's turned, you see. Before, you will never ever rob someone in public because you'd be too afraid. Now it's switched to the point where I can rob you anywhere, bruv. No, and then we're not getting involved because we're too afraid. So that fear has moved from the suspects being afraid to now passerbyers being afraid. That is quite sad. 
that is quite sad. When I started to understand that more and more black people were being sectioned on the Mental Health Act, it was something that was really concerning. And then some of these black men, it came down to the fact that they weren't talking, they weren't speaking up, they weren't speaking their truth. They were going through things and they just weren't talking about it, even to their closest and dearest. They were just carrying it on their own. I sat down once and I wrote how I was feeling. And how I was feeling was a full, <coughs> excuse me. Once I finished it, I couldn't believe what was on it. I took that to my GP, my GP said, you're stressed, extremely stressed. And when I wrote down the things and I looked at it and I looked at some of the things that some of these other black men spoke about, it made me start to think about, oh my goodness, black men's mental health. This is how it is. And to see that I was going through some similar things that some of them were going through. That was an eye-opener. Look, everybody deserves mental health support when they need it. And the thing is, being black is an important part of our, of my identity and character. It's, it's, it's so important because we can share struggles and we can share understanding of how the world operates. And I do believe that if we share that with those who are not from the black community, who are willing to listen, I think it's a good start. Because you know what people, racism is damaging to our mental health. As mental health becomes more talked about, I think it's important we also talk about black men's mental health. Especially in times like these. <coughs> Excuse me, just have my water. When we see a lot of public discussions about systemic racism, especially in times like these, a clear and simple thing to do is have a heart to heart with a black man. Understand, try and understand that black man. People jump to say angry black man. Okay, look at the why. Why is that black man angry? I've seen black boys who were A star students end up in jail. Why? No one asks that. Why? Oh yeah, he hung out with the wrong crowd. No, 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 no. It's more than that. It's more than just that. And I use the word systemic again. I'm not using that word lightly. I'm just letting you know, leaving it out there, systemic. 
There is so much pressure on a black man. You would not believe it. You would not believe this, the pressure that sits on a black man, especially once they get to that age of 11 and above. Because at that time, that is when the pressure starts for a black man. Your parents will protect you, they have your back and all. But once you're starting to leave home and go into a secondary school or sixth form, and all, that is when that pressure starts. And imagine carrying that all the way until your into your 20s, into your 30s, into your 40s, into your 50s. Because these are the age group of the black men that are being sectioned. But imagine carrying all of that. There is no such thing as bar mitzvah. It's literally a pressure. Being told you've got to work twice as hard as your white counterpart just to get the same thing. And you might say, oh, don't talk this foolishness. But I'll share something personal with you. As I said, I'm not going to call names. But I've known close, close friends who have worked in organisations for 20 years. Black men. 20 years. And to get them at the level they're at now, at a senior level. And there are white men and women who have only been in the organization for less than three years and they're at the same position. There is a lot of pressure on black men. And I really, really believe society doesn't understand the amount of pressure that is on the shoulders of a black man. And that's for me, one of the issues. And I say, as a black man, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it's self-perseverance. On a positive note, you look at how far we have come. I'm really, really optimistic about the future. I'm very, you know, I'm quite positive about the future. When you look at the whole where we're coming from to where we are now, we've come a very long way. 50 years ago, I would not be able to do this post. I would not be able to share this with you. No chance. So for me, looking at the future, it's important that we realize that things will continue to improve and we will all rise to whatever challenge we face. And I say we as a collective, we can't look at this and say, oh, it's a black man's problem. Oh, it's the black community problem. No. We as a collective, we do this together. We have that uncomfortable conversation. And when we have that uncomfortable conversation, we can share with each other. We can talk to each other. We can listen to each other. But we also, before we set an agenda, that at the end of that conversation, however how uncomfortable it is, we get to a point where we can agree, respectfully agree, that there is a problem. There is a problem which needs solving. We look specifically on, on we, we cover mental health, but when we break down black men's mental health, my goodness, 
that is a wow on its own. But as I said, my hope is that we will face this challenge together and that we will, you know, speak to one another and open and be honest. And once we have that uncomfortable conversation, we'll then be able to, you know, yeah, set an agenda, get to a blah, 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 blah. 